Welcome to the Consortium Podcast, an academic audio blog of Kepler Education. Kepler is a consortium of independent classical Christian teachers unified by a shared vision for student flourishing. Welcome, everybody. I'm Scott Postma, your host, and joined by Joffrey Sweet today. I'm back, baby. <laughs> yes, right on, because we're going to talk about uh, the miseducation of America. Mm. The miseducation of America as an idea or as the Fox News documentary? Yeah, well, both. I, I think our bigger theme for today is to talk about the fact that classical Christian education is coming in mainstream. Yeah. Right? People in a are big certain. Way. Yes. And Fox Nation just aired this five part series that we're going to kind of dissect and talk about a little bit. And that's both good and bad. Right. Right. So in one sense, um, we want to see classical education renewed. We want to see the revival of it. We want to see it brought back. But at the same time, that's going to bring about, um, well, it's going to attract. Somebody once said that the light gospel. The gospel light attracts some strange bugs. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, really, yeah. there is a, if, you know, if classical education were to take over the country, which obviously is a generational thing but just you know it'd be it'd be wonderful to just be there yeah but before we get there there has to be a process and that process is going to involve a lot of well-meaning christian parents who are thoroughly inculcated in the statist progressive agenda they may know they need to leave it but it's 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 just like knowing you were brought up in a feminist household or knowing you you were brought up in a you you, you don't always see all yeah. the stuff you're leaving behind and they manifest themselves that's that's going to happen here it is going to happen and and it it is interesting because a lot of times what you just described is sort of a journey right it's it's mm -hmm. in hindsight that i look back realizing that i was raised in a thoroughly modernist right kind of hippie home you know for my and i love my parents but the, they were a product of their generation and without any you know christian you know upbringing so um so you realize wow um you know had somebody just dropped this on me some of these ideas on me when i was younger i may not have you know i probably would have resisted them but through process of growth and and, and experience you kind of look back and go okay you know i see this change and that's what's going to have to happen with classical education right and then along with that comes the Scrutiny. So, you know, you're, you're going to attach yourself to, to people who are all maybe on the same train, but maybe don't have the exact same destination. At the same time, you're going to come under a microscope, yeah. right? And it's easy to self-analyze for a while. Well, you know, in our in our little circles, you know, our, in our classical Christian education circles, you know, a lot of us know people in ACCS, the Association of yeah. Classical Christian Schools. Uh, you and I live in Moscow, Idaho, where New St. Andrews College is. And yep. So, you know, both ACCS and NSA people were were at Fox News at a summit about education that was provoked by this documentary that uh, that that they put out. And so, I, I think before, but so we we saw it when it came out, like wow, yeah. what a big deal! I think there are going to be plenty of folks in our audience who are going to want to know, like, what the heck we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So Fox Nation. Um, and, and this is part of, you know, this, this is part of where it gets sort of sticky because coming into the mainstream, depending on who is 
airing these sorts of things. Um, right. You know, that can, that can be bad or good depending on how a person looks at this, but nevertheless, let's just setting that aside for a moment. They did create a five part documentary series, series Fox nation, which and, uh, say CNN or MSNBC never would have done. Yes. Right? They, they, they <laughs> never, never in a million years now, because it's associated with Fox nation, there's going to be a lot of people who would just dismiss it outright as right. propaganda, you know, at this, but and I get it. I mean, Dennis yep. Prager was in there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, he has some good things to say, but I also felt like, Mr. Prager, please be quiet. The grownups are talking at times. <laughs> uh, so I, I get that. But this is really, it, it is significant. Yeah, it is. So just for our audience, if you want to, if, if you just go to Fox Nation, um, you can actually sign up. I think still free. You can do a, a like a 90-day trial, watch the whole five-part mm-hmm. series, and just use the code CLASSROOM. All one word, small, you know, lowercase. Um use that. You can watch the documentary, but there's, there's five part documentary. They're about 30 minutes each. And Joffrey, give us, if you would, the titles, the, the five titles of those, if you have that. Absolutely. Now I will mention caveat emptor uh, <laughs> or caveat sample emptor. <laughs> uh, there's a five part summit discussion yeah. uh, that is part of the same conversation, the miseducation of America. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the sort of documentary they put together, uh, which is a a five episode thing. Part one, educating for wisdom, not work in which on Fox, the idea of paideia was brought up. Christian paideia. Christian paideia. Part two, the cauldron of cultural Marxism. Part three, captive classrooms, captive minds about the progressive assault. Part four, target Western civilization about the Marxist assault. And then part five was our COVID moment, our, our COVID 1619 moment. <laughs> right. And so that episode was about COVID and the opportunistic, uh, you know, just seizing of, of ground by progressives. Yeah. Never let a, a good tragedy go to waste. That's right, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as, as Joffrey was mentioning, there is a summit, um, and I haven't watched the entire summit and, and that's different than this documentary. So when you go in, if you, if you go and look that up, find the documentary, but let's start and unpack these for just a moment. The, um, educating for wisdom and not work. And this is probably one of the things that got me, you know, excited about the fact that Fox News did this, this mainstream, you know, media is that they actually talked about the Christian paideia yeah. and, and, and the way that that was the Western tradition. That is the thought. And they specifically talked about educating for wisdom, not wealth. Right. Later in the series, they would talk about the, the trouble that comes from, from educating for job training. Yep. But even without quite unpacking all of that, they were very explicit about the benefits of educating for wisdom, not wealth. Absolutely. And, and I think part of it is because, um, you know, next to the host that was, uh, that, that was guiding the, the show, um, David Goodwin seemed to be the primary voice who was the president of ACCS. And, yes. and, and the, that is right. That was, that was great. Like yeah. throughout the, there was the Fox presenter and then it was almost like the vice presenter, the one who was yeah. constantly throughout the whole narrative and his interview was the dominant one was the president of ACCS. I found that fascinating. It was, it was great. He's also the editor of the classical difference, great uh, classical magazine. If you're you're looking for a good you know magazine to read. And so one of the things that he explains, and I think he does a really good job of it. And this is probably why this was so well presented was the fact that in the ancient Greek world, it was the Greeks who initially gave us what came to be called the liberal arts education, because the kind of paideia, the, the word paideia is the same word Paul uses in Ephesians six, four, by the way, you mm. know, to bring up our children and the nurture right. and admonition, it's the paideia 
paideia of the Lord. But this paideia um, meant that uh, people were trained to think outside of just their servile work. So a lot of times we, we see this return in our industrial age of, you know, what's a liberal arts education going to get you? What kind of jobs are going to get you? You know, right. you know, how are you going to get that? But they're missing the fact that, you know, we all could be trained to do a job and that leads to a servile nation. This is why classical education, the idea of paideia could be seized upon with such success by Christianity by yep. the Christian worldview, and that is it's the education of educating everyone to be lords. Yes, it should be really significant that it doesn't take being a Christian to have that thought, but it does take greatness of mind. We could educate everybody as if they were lords, and the the tragedy is that we are we are we are we progressives are regressing. Right, <laughs> yes. like we're going back to to before that time when everybody was a slave or a master. Absolutely. And that's what we're educating for. Right. And 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 part of that paideia was to uh, to learn virtue and wisdom so that you could be a good citizen and the state would be stable and, and right. those kinds of things. But then to add the Christian element to it, or in other words, for Christianity, the gospel to animate it, yep. really gives us a paideia that is a true wisdom and virtue for a freeman. I think it's so important that you, br- you brought up the state because one of the things that this documentary did well was emphasized, and I think it's because of the Fox News audience yeah. that they did this, uh, but th- they emphasized something that classical educators usually tend not to because we are very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are homeschoolers, you know, or these tiny little schools. So we're, you know, we're very family-oriented, and that, that we, we know you and I have been been preaching from the podcast Hilltops, <laughs> right? That <laughs> the family is, is, is where the authority for education comes from. But what... What this documentary did well is talk about the idea of paideia on a cultural, civiliz- civilizational yeah. level, and, which is an that's that's a valid way of talking about that word and that concept. Because of course, you know, family, state, you know, it's, it's, it's we're, we're yeah. all intertwined. Right, we live in a society, <laughs> um, but we we as classical educators often neglect that aspect. Like here's you know the country needs a certain sort yep. of citizen. Yes. You know, we often resist that because we're over here fighting what the state is trying to impose on us. And so to have that vision of, you know, one day the United States will benefit from this is a bit beyond most of our scope. We're too busy fighting. Yeah. But, but it's an important part of the vision. It is an important part. And we want to be careful not to be too anachronistic in, in terms of, you know, jump. Well, even just in this podcast, I want to jump ahead to the, the, the further episodes. But then even just thinking back, um, one of the things that has been hijacked, this is the whole point of the progressive, is to hijack the paideia. Right. right. Yeah. And so that, that leads into the second Yeah, they have episode. their own satanic paideia. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah, so the second one is the cauldron of cultural Marxism. Okay, so the cauldron of cultural Marxism. This is this is a shift. Um, if we were to if we were to put this in language, say Charles Taylor or something, this is a shift from the um, from man as being um, you know uh, to to uh, from biological man turning you know Darwin turned us to biological man, Freud turned us to psychological man, and so reorienting man as an economical man. Right. And so then uh, Marxism makes its way in. So, you know, Marx wrote in 1848 is when he published the, you know, the great um, Communist Manifesto. 
And it was really about that time, the late 19th century. Um, and Mortimer Adler talks about this from about 1890 to 1920 was what he called the great struggle, right? The great educational struggle, the yes. battle, the, like we talk about culture wars today, they had the educational wars back then. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good moment to mention just as an aside, and then we yeah. get right back to the narrative. But when you and I were, were talking off mic uh, before, you know, we, we were sort of, you know, chewing over the idea that, you know, Except for a few moments, like you know, some federal funding issues and that sort of thing, the war over education in the United States was over by the middle of the twentieth century. Yeah, we still think it's it's being fought. we're being mopped up. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think there's been a revival since the nineteen eighties. Yeah, so yes. so in nineteen twenty, it was over with. But it's almost like a second war now. Yeah, like, it is. Like it, we lost it yeah. all. Yep. It's all gone. Yep, and now we have to start over. Yeah, we are starting over, and. You know, and I think we've made a lot of great progress, but it has been initiated by the Christians. Early in America, you know, the, the ones, it was the Catholics, their parochial schools that were pushing back against the progressives so hard because we've talked about this in other episodes. Yeah. Protestantism, for the most part, had lapsed. You know, there was a, yes. there was a big lapse in Protestantism. It has dived full into all this stuff. Exactly. They embraced it all. And, and so, I mean, at the time, think about this. It was Woodrow Wilson who was, um, you know, president of Princeton, and, and, and he becomes sort of, you know, as the big progressive of that day, you know, he ins institutes this and pushes this, this agenda forward yeah. know, as he becomes president. By the way, if y'all aren't hip to it yet, Woodrow Wilson was the worst. And uh, do feel free. <laughs> to engage in some personal research, not just on education. Like he was the uh, worst. 14 points. Well, I, I would almost argue that in some sense he was responsible for World War II. Right, because of the, the most destructive president in our history. We yeah. shouldn't get off on this, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. See, I know. see the light going in both of our eyes. <laughs> just, just, yeah. The, the the fact that the progressives wanted education so bad, and it was bringing in the Marxist view of and this documentary, like, yeah. brings Wilson in, yeah, but not as an instigator, really, as an enabler, because yeah. of course, you know, there were bureaucrats you know traveling to germany learning the marxist yes. way bringing kindergarten back <laughs> experimenting in this or that area and with every step of the way this is one of the most important themes that they only really verbalized mm -hmm. as a theme in in the fourth of the of, of the five episodes but the constant theme is public education this is something you've talked about public education existing and with each of these steps, it being removed from the hands of the parents yes, and put into the federal government's hands. That's right. Right. As a spectrum. Yep. Yep. And, and step by step, it was, it was a frog in a kettle sort of a situation, but step by step, um, the, the formation of the department of education actually didn't come till Jimmy Carter. Right. Yeah. So step by step, you, you know, you're, you're getting into the gatekeepers of the gatekeepers that are, you know, in, introducing Marxism, taking it over, taking it away from the parents. And by the time we get to the third episode, they're talking about the progressive assault, um, you know, on America by capturing the classroom. So what, what I think that was the title or partly the title. Yeah. And we, and we, you know, we started to sort of touch on some of that with mentioning, you know, Wilson and, and, and the bureaucrats Dewey and, yep. um, and, and th this is the episode that opens very, very forcefully with, I think images that are very important for every American oh. to see, which is of school children giving the pledge of allegiance with their, arms straight out in what looks exactly like a Nazi salute. It is a Nazi salute. 
Well, it is because it's socialist. Yes. Now it, it was it, it was inspired by the, what the documentary says, inspired by the Romans, and it shows that painting of yep, the, yep. the the pledge of the Harachi or whatever it's called. Yep. Um, but what the the documentary neglects to really mention is. All of the fascist and socialist salutes are based on the Romans. <laughs> that's yes, that is exactly that is exactly the point. So they, you know, they've adopted the same thing that the yeah. fascist the fascist did. They did a did. good job of mentioning that that they wanted God out of this. Yeah, uh, and God was this. The documentary didn't mention this either, but God was put into the pledge of, of allegiance during the Cold War. Yeah, nineteen fifties was yep. it was because. We realized, oh, hey, we're fighting godless communists. We shouldn't sound like godless communists. Right. <laughs> so so the, oh. the shift, to kind of summarize this shift, so we, we start with, you know, Horace Mann and, and his ilk um, in the late 1890s that want to shift to this, you know, uh, the status. Factory, the Prussian yeah, yeah. factory. Yes. Yeah. So we, right. we, we want this um, process sort of education one method. Of the, one of the best moments, I think, in the documentary was, you know, so it, they, they've been beating the drum throughout, throughout the whole thing about how education should be for wisdom, not job training, not yep. any of this stuff. But then they really hit it hard in this captive classrooms, captive minds episode. And then, and they talk about uh, the Gary plan at one point, yeah. which was, you know, they, they took, you know, th this one guy proposed for this large school district area. Hey, listen, let's, let's, let's try this plan of mine. Very much focused on job training. Anything religious is going to happen off site. You can pull your kids. They can go yep. to, you know, walk over a few blocks to church. They even showed a map of how far <laughs> it was, which is really, really good. I mean, there's so much in this way. You could turn this into an enormous work. Yes. And they did a good job of visually including extra things for the observer to, to yeah. incorporate, which I, which I liked. But towards the end of that episode, I believe, was when they, they kind of just go back to Gary and say, this is what Gary is like today. I've been there. Have you been there? Have you I ever mean, been there? I've been to the Rust Belt. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, we uh, long story that I don't want to, to derail us from, but uh, in traveling, I was helping somebody move, and, and uh, we were headed to Hammond, Indiana, and end up getting off in Gary. And long story, what a scary night. And, and I grew up in Vegas. And so these are connections, <laughs> right. And these are connections that a good documentary will have you make. Right. Right. You just kind of accept that this is the way the world is. Yep. Um, and so then, you know, they, they kind of go back, Hey, generations of training people to be factory workers has made them only capable of being factory workers, which was something you yep. and I have been hitting from we have, the beginning, yep, right? Absolutely. You train your children to be lords and they choose to be factory workers. Right. If you only train them to be factory workers, that will be their destiny. And that's all these people are to the socialist elites. Your child is a cog to the socialist elites. That and, is all. But then they, then they show, like, this is what happens. The town is completely devastated with no economy no one able to escape because they are not educated to be anything but the the sort of person who has no job in the economy in, in the rust belt as as it shifts and changes right training the yep. job's gone the job doesn't exist anymore and and we're not saying you know we're we're not against people being factory workers that there's nothing wrong with that but a person being able to be a factory right. worker and a farmer or and, and or whatever over they, and over again where they uh, you know there's people they, they they did a really good job of this where, you know, just comparing in this in this place, they did this and that. And then they would compare it. And the people who were not doing the job training, you know, did better. This is something that is important. how much time wasting we do in our federal and state education system. Most of the job training that happens and the stuff that prepares you to 
to have these jobs doesn't take very long. Right. Yep. It just doesn't take very long. The, all of that time that they have your kid, what are they doing with it? Are they making them? Well, this is, this is, and this is something else they brought up. Remember the, the, the common school teacher to get a teacher certification. This is one of the areas where the progressives captured it. And, um, and I've looked at the curriculum and, and, and probably, you know, many of our audience are already familiar with it, but really the whole teacher certification program is progressive indoctrination, right? It's, it's, it's preparing the teacher to, to, you know, indoctrinate their students through their education, their common core. Which a lot of part four, by the way, is about, right? Yeah. The the Marxist assault and and Howard Zinn. Yeah. So just to kind of bring our audience up to speed. So 1890s Horace Mann, then we get into the pragmatist of Dewey. Um, and again, all of this is introducing the progressivist idea. You've got Woodrow Wilson uh, using the, the the coercive powers of the federal government to take over the education. You've got the teachers unions that are organizing. All of this is slow frog in the kettle taking over the American education. Now we have captive classrooms to indoctrinate them into this socialist or yeah. Fascist sort of, and really, it's a fascist sort it of is. way. Right? Yeah, it it's, it's complete fascism. Well, you know, there was a, I had an interesting moment of ding <laughs> when watching this, and perhaps it's my Latin American upbringing. Uh, you know, maybe it's something else, but uh, I mean, I, I've I've hated the teachers' unions for a long time. Yep. Like a good homeschooler and classical educator, <laughs> um, they are the worst. But then, you know, something, something was mentioned by one of the interviewees, one of the historians that just hadn't occurred to me. So, you know, in, in, in Latin America, like everyone is unionized. All these public sector workers are, mm-hmm. are unionized. Strikes happen all the time. Public strikes happen all the time. And, you know, so the, this historian sort of brings up, uh, you know, no one had ever, you know, everyone knew government workers couldn't unionize and strike. You know, the original teachers who got together to form a union, they wanted to be a professional association yeah. uh, and not a union because a union would be useless. You can't yeah. strike. And, there, and then they said something where it's like, like so simple. And it just had never occurred to me. Because the government would be on both sides of the table, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> collective. Right? It's one of those things where we all, all the time, we, we we see this when we're when we're pushing against the world. It was in the water. I've been drinking my whole life. Yeah, yeah, and it I is. never had that thought. <laughs> the collective bargaining, yeah, that that was pushed back against. Um, but but you're right. It's the government on both sides of the table. It's it's the fox guarding the hen house. I mean, th- this yeah. is what we've been saying. And I want to just plug for a moment. This is a five part documentary. They obviously have far better graphics and features and interviews and things than we did, but we have this great little 11 minute video that summarizes everything um, that, that, has been, you know, being talked about here in just a few minutes. So um, the, the, we, we get toward the end here um, and let's talk just for a minute about Howard Zinn. Before we get to the end and talk about Howard Zinn, um, y'all look in the show notes because we will totally post the link to that video. Yeah, it'll be there. (laughs) So Howard Zinn uh, is probably one of the greatest historians, uh, you know, historical revisionists. <laughs> to, yeah, to, you always said historian. I was like, I, I can't. No, historical <laughs> revisionists. He, uh, you know, he is the one. Okay, so so when I grew up, we still had, you know, Christopher Columbus Day and all these you yeah. know, kind of things. And that's when all the shift was was happening. Um, so much of this, you know, you, you see happening. But in any case, so Zen basically has America as demonized. And and this is what's what's really interesting. So all from the progressives, it's this sort of um, a civil piety. 
uh, a, a, a nationalistic, you know, education. And then we get How- Howard Zinn in that really truly brings Marxism around to hating the very America yes. that everybody was trained to love and adore and to completely sell out for. Right, right. right. You're, you're trained to pledge allegiance. You're trained to love the flag. But what you're, what you're being trained to do is honestly more fascist. Yeah. Right. You, you love the state. And then the next progression is, okay, Marxism. Now yep. we're, we're workers and history doesn't exist in the dialectic. Right. Right. So in the Soviet Union, there was no history. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's okay. That's good. Right. Um, but the, the problem with the West was you were trying to bring in communism, but they have their history. Right. Right. So you have to call the entire thing into question. That is the project. And the, and the way that they did it was to get rid of history and to bring in social studies. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that, that is the, the subtle shift. Which, by the way, that wasn't like, you know, so, so Zinn. He, you know, he writes the people's history of yep. the United States uh, for a hundred years. They've been trying to work social studies in and yes. have been. Yep. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not like there was this hard break between, you know, the, the fascist socialist side and then straight up Marxism and then communism. It was all part of a, of a, of a slide and a vision. It is. And that's why we keep using the, the frog in the kettle. It's a slow yep. po- progress. And we just keep subtly shifting to like, wait a minute, we're now against the very thing we were standing for. Right? <laughs> uh, and, and so Zen comes in, there's this revisionist America is terrible. And, um, and so now we have uh, the very final episode, uh, which, um, you know, just briefly in our COVID age, what a great opportunity to introduce the 1619 project. Right. Our right. COVID 1619 Keep moment pro- is the name of uh, <laughs> the episode. Yeah. And hey, never let a good crisis go to waste. Like that's, you said, right? That's, that's right. So, so the 1619 moment basically reintroduces a new founding for America and it's founded yeah. by slaves and, you know, so on and so forth, or it's got a, you know, it's a slave history and, and it just reorients the whole founding of America, which is part of what getting rid of history does, right? Yeah. You get to have a new mythos for the country and what needs to happen. So we need to get rid of American and, and bring in Marxism. We're talking about fanatical true believers, by the way. So yeah. part of my call is to, for that. We need to be fanatical true believers too. Like, you know, we know that what we, what we have is the truth, but the, you know, there, there's not, there, there is, I mean, shoot, <laughs> reading a lot of, a lot of communist, uh, communist stuff. Like, uh, what's the name of that, of that work? Cause I actually mentioned the documentary, um, the radicals. Oh, oh, uh, Saul Alinsky's, uh, rules yes. for radicals. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. book y'all, uh, you, and you <laughs> should read it if you, if you haven't, but you know, there's, there's definitely lying built into this. Yes. Okay. But, but these folks truly believe that all yep. of this is necessary. Yep. Right. And they truly believe that history is not real. Therefore we should make our own story. Right. Right. And we should use narrative as a tool of domination because that's the only way it's been used before. And we're the ones who are finally right. That's, and that's, that's pure Nietzscheism, right? This yeah. is a will to power. All language is subjective. And so really it's what, you know, whoever has the power decides what the narrative is. Right. And that's, exactly. and that's what this is all about. So, yeah. and, and it's, and it's about turning your children into, into cogs, into workers. Right. And that is all yes. again we should all be workers as in we are we're working <laughs> as unto the Lord, should not all be communist. All of my existence is what I do for the state. That's well, that's what communism is, is you're merely a worker, right? right? That's all you are as a human being. Your identity is that of a worker. And so if we have raised up cogs and consumers in a worker sort of state, it's very easy now to make us all 
into communists right. who, you know, were just workers. But like so many things, like this documentary is is a the godless against those yep. who believe in a god at least. Well, as as we wrap this up, we we really wanted to just kind of highlight a few of these ideas, um, and and then kind of bring this back around. First of all, I encourage you to watch the series. I, mm-hmm. I think it's worth watching it. Yep. I I will say because it's Fox News and and it's to be expected. It's sensational, right? Yep. It's it's a sensational documentary, but it's it's good. There's there's a lot it's of good pre- and it's shareable. It's yes. something you can send to your cousin. Yes, exactly. I I shared it with folks that you know that that were always of the the ilk while they're conservative it's like why liberal arts That's right and so it was a good way to share with them who by the way kind of the the folks i shared it with adore like fox news <laughs> so it's sort of like a like here you go here you go you could you could watch this um but but the, the big thing that we want to take away from this is this um classical christian education is becoming mainstream and there is an acknowledgement in that that this is a fight for a marxist secular godless paideia and a Christian paideia. That's what all of education is a fight for. And what we hope is that by talking about this, by by getting people kind of aware, we, we want you to be awake without being woke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that is that there, there's not a place for us to hold middle ground anymore. And there never really has been, but, but really we're at a place where you're going to have to decide uh, and right. choose, you know, w- what side you're going to be on, whether this, it's going to be a, a Christian pie day or not. And then with that, we also need to recognize that we're going to be under the microscope of a, of a broader oh, yeah. analyst than just we analyze, analyzing ourselves, which we can always pat ourselves on the back for how good we're doing. But we also have to look at there's going to be other people taking, taking us to task. Yeah, and if you're someone who thinks of classical Christian education as a movement, which I, I am among those, yep. if it's a movement, are we as a movement, right? As, yep. as yep. nebulous as the thing may be, are we as a movement ready for such scrutiny? Well, Scott, if you have me uh, back on anytime soon, maybe we can spend a whole episode unpacking why Newt Gingrich in that uh, in, in that documentary <laughs> was so snide about the academic, uh, about oh. academic life. <laughs> I mean, that guy spent a lot of time tearing college professors apart, and that was the only reason he was brought in. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's funny because everybody they brought in had a particular yes. appointed, you know, agenda. <laughs> Gingrich in there. is here to make fun of college professors. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, everybody. So long. <laughs>